0: This is the 107th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about the paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt with me and my dear co hosts Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back, stranger.
0: Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the TopTicked app. In this episode, we will go over the recently played Stockholm Legacy League season finals. The two of you played in this prestigious tournament so uh, let's get it on robin what deck did you bring i made the chicken move and went with the trusted
2: depths i played the absent version as i did in the nationals yeah i think i'm done with the absent version <laughs> i'm going back i'm going back or maybe forward to something else why is this a chicken move i mean i i could have uh, Brought something more interesting, but I I brought the deck that I was most that that felt like easiest to bring. Me and Christopher, who were like we're going there jointly on the on the subway, we were talking about that both of us were on parties the night before. That's right. <laughs> so we're a little bit hangover, not really in the best, clearest of mind, perhaps. So I thought uh, I have to rely a little bit on like the backbone and just playing something that I know. I see. So
0: Christopher, did you make a similar familiar choice?
1: Yeah, I went to uh, sixty-card Luren and I made uh, some some interesting choices but it's pretty stock <laughs> i'm not sure what i'm trying to oversell it here but it was a really nice list i was also a bit tired from the night before i decided to sleep up something that i can play fast and know know quite well so yeah i played the 60 card allure.
0: well good for both of you so let's get on then round number one what happened in this round, Robin? Well, for me, I was actually
2: finishing second in the F- Liga last semester. So uh, I got a bye for, fi- for a great finish. Uh, taking it easy, spot like checking in the meta game and uh, drinking a coffee. That was my matchup.
0: Greatness at any cost. So, well, Christopher, you <laughs> play the first round then.
1: Yes, and I, I was the first match to be on stream. Yeah. I played against uh, a black-white Rector deck. Oh, I love this. Yeah, this was uh, a terrifying deck to play against. And I think there might be a VOD somewhere if you want to see it. But, you know, this player usually spice things up. And today was no difference. So huge shout out there. Game one was just the most terrifying thing I've experienced in such a long time. My opponent just goes Swamp cabal therapy Ooh, yeah i'm sitting there like okay they say force of will uh, sure i reveal my hand no force of will i might have been on the play or even but still i just reveal my hand and then they go petal petal dark ritual arena rector what flashback <laughs> And then flashback that therapy oh. and put an Ugin into play. I count that as a turn one kill yes. because yeah. yeah, like I could I could theoretically win from there. You know, get to four lands, play a and do your thing. But my opponent got to ultimate Ugin and you know just put in all sorts of creatures like opposition agent, initiative creature, and I was just sitting there like. I, I, I let them resolve the Ugin because I just wanted to see what they had in their deck going into game two. So I lost game one, game two, I played a, you know, low and slow. It's like Texas barbecue, maybe not Texas, but it was barbecue, like those low and slow. You just play some creatures out, you interrupt what they're doing. And eventually I just start beating them down with Uro. Game two, like this time around, I'm a bit more scared. I'm thinking about what lines that I can take to not get blown out. But in time, an arena rector gets in there. I found this opening where I could uh, busage you a uh, Phyrexian tower, which felt really great because they had to use it to play the rector. But then I can't remember exactly how, but yeah, they found found a way. (laughs) You know, life finds a way. <laughs> life finds a way, indeed. And they they got to get that Ugin into play again. But this time around, I'm sitting with an other Chandler in Ooh. hand. This might even have been game two. You know, my mind is foggy. It was game one. In the last game, I just get completely stomped eventually. And I'm sitting there just trying to dig for a combo kill or anything, but I don't get there. So oh one it's not a great great way to start the day but to this spicy of a deck i have zero complaints
0: yeah i was just gonna say losing losing to turn one ugin you you almost want that to happen to reward this bold choice of deck
1: yeah like i was just like you're you're worth it like you just live your best life kill me and they did
0: well, that puts us in round two, where, of course, Robin, since you are awarded a buy, you're 1 0, and you now get to play magic.
2: Yeah, and I am paired up against a Jeskai deck. In the first game, I have a quite a quick safekeeper, which is always good against Jeskai deck. So I lean into the, the quick Merit Lage plan. And frighteningly, when I make Merit Lage, he responds with Dress Down, which is one way to fight through the. Sylvan Safekeeper, but he is also reliant on drawing Swords to Plowshare, it turns out, and he bricks on it, and I get to kill him with Merit Leech. Then my memory is a little bit foggy, but the second and third game, he just steamrolls me with having answers to everything, and I don't get to do anything powerful at all. And uh, I lose quite quickly
0: 1 and 2. All right, You, Christopher, did you get to redeem yourself after your uh, epic loss in match 1?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm up against the Jeskai control as well. This is a matchup that I think is pretty good for a It ends in in two games where I just slowly and methodically grind them out, and it's having things like Narset and and stuff like that can really make the grinding aspect harder. But they have to watch out for creatures and the combo at the same time. And that can really be stressful for a deck like this. And now when they have four Fearlingas, they do actually have a switch to turn the tide around. But it's also very scary. Like you can't sit and wait forever because you might end up in a counter war that you lose or you might make too few tokens that I get to steal the Monarch and then just keep it forever, which is also just a nightmare. We end the games at 2-0 to me. Really fun games. So I'm one-on-one at this point.
0: Nice, nice, nice. So both of you are equalizing it up. How did
2: round three play out? So I am up against four-color Delver deck. So this is quite interesting build, I should say. It's splashing green for Druid and black for Orcs. So quite the mid-range version of Delver, I should say. I don't have clear memory of exactly what pans out but he beats me 2 and 1. One thing that happens is that we have a judge call over a floating mana. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I have this uh, quite complicated sequence where I crop rotate and float the mana from like the land that is getting sacked and then a lot of spells being cast which ends up with the days, and I'm like I had a floating mana and he's like I haven't heard anything about the floating mana and we had a judge call and so that I think that gets me a little bit uh, off balance and can't succeed to beat Delver in this best of 3 which usually is a quite a good matchup for
0: uh, depths I should say but that kind of things happens I mean four color delver is kind of I mean I've never been a big Delver player, of course, but I would imagine you wouldn't exactly get more spells to flip your Delver if you move into more colors. Or am I just sort of misunderstanding this? I think it might have been Delverless Delver, actually, like oh. uh, cutting
2: the Delvers to to fit all these uh, more mid range creatures. I see.
1: One thing that I think is really interesting about these four color Delver splashing you know, black for Bowmasters and green for the Questing Druid. It's like the green splash is usually super light and it's only to cast like the creature version of Questing Druid. But if you look at the curve, like what they're trying to do, it reminds me of, uh, you know, Deathrite, Shaman pace of play but without Mm. the mana fix i think that's maybe questing druid and the uh, dragon raid chandler solve some of that but it's a cool deck but it's it seems very i'm not sure if i would splash green to grixis for that then again i haven't played a ton of delver recently
0: all right so let's move on to you christopher yeah my round as opponent
1: is the hope oh wow (laughs) (laughs) he is on victor's deck which is terrifying he's on black red reanimator oh wow imagine that deck in an actually good player yeah like i i almost managed to steal game one i think i can't remember exactly but he got there in the end and you know it's very hard to claw back from there so i board in a ton of cards, but I have to mulligan to like five or f- like four. It's brutal. I need to mulligan a lot. The hope goes like, I think a turn one Voidwalker. And lo and behold, that kills me. <laughs> like, oh my God. It's so bad, <laughs> but yeah, it, it gets there. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh, I have so many live outs, but you know, <laughs> it's such a stressful clock. I think I lost O2. It definitely felt like one of those, so I'm actually one and two.
0: All right. So this is a five-round tournament, even though you're 16 players to sort of add that extra competitiveness to it. So round four, you both really need to win these games from here on out. Uh, Robin, how do you do?
2: Yeah, and I'm matched up against YesGuy again. Historically, a little bit rough matchup for Naiadeps or absentepts in this case, and this guy is also the one who plays main deck. Back to Basics. At one point, he played four. I don't think he did that today. Wow. the basics, the Back to Basics are there. (laughs) We actually trade the first two games. But the final game and the one that mattered, I managed to resolve a green sun for three and grab a grist. Mm. And this grist starts making little tokens that kill his planeswalkers and attack his life totals. And he's struggling a little bit on the mana as well. He's fetching up all of the basics and I try to waste his uh, duels when they appear. And at some point he has to deal with this uh, threat of little insect tokens. I think I've added an orcish bowmaster And his army to this And I also fetched up a Dryad Arbor And all of them are like attacking his life total So he has to do something about it And he taps out for Terminus To sweep the board And uh, I have a crop rotation So I crop away my little Dryad Arbor Let the Terminus resolve And then make Merit Lage. Since he's tapped out, he cannot plow it. And lucky for me, he didn't have a a counter magic for the crop rotation. So I managed to steal the third game here. And go victorious from the battle against Jeskai. So I am two and two. And uh, looking forward to the the fifth game. Wow, that's a
0: really lovely, clutchy crop
1: rotation. Grist is also just a house.
0: Like, it's so hard to deal with.
1: Yep. Well, you're on for Christopher. Where are we at? I'm uh, up against the uh, blue-black shadow. This uh, version that I'm playing is a bit softer to Orcish Bowmaster than uh, the 80-card version. But uh, the key really comes when your opponent doesn't draw relevant creatures and you just get to slowly clog the board. And I've said this before, when it comes to Bowmaster Mirrors, Alluring can be so tricky to beat because you you both play Decays and Bowmasters. And in really grindy games, you get to also do the Harpy trick with the Bowmaster. It's really, it, can, it can get really rough for them. I think their best card in the matchup is the troll, like a fast reanimation on the troll especially when I'm not playing any, you know, Swords to Plowshares or things like that. My main way of solving that is either a triple block with a Death Touch creature, which is, you know, it's asking for a lot, or, you know, uh, the Edder Chandler bouncing it. But another game plan is just playing Aluren or escaping Uro. Uro is still great in this matchup. So yeah, this was uh, 2-0. And I think a big part of that was my opponent never being able to reanimate a troll.
0: Well, I guess you are both sort of in contention, even though you're sort of two and two, since this is a small number of people and five rounds. So uh, Robin, did you make it? Well, I'm up against the second Depths deck
2: in the room. And uh, this is the player that I managed to to defeat with Depths in the finals the last season. He was on uh, Mono Red Stompy, so to say then, but has switched to Depths since then. And he has a little bit of a brew, I should say. Uh, not as stock list as I have, and I think he his deck is a little bit more fit for grinding. He has two Loams, Life from the Loams, in his deck, and one Ursa Saga plus a little package, so he can have a quite strong late game with token making. As you probably know by now by listening to this pod and hearing me talk about the depth mirror like Merit Lage is usually not a viable strategy at all because you have so many answers for it and it's just card disadvantage to put to lands in your graveyard. We have quite a grindy and interesting game one where I managed to sort of waste away some of my absolutely best cards in this matchup which is Grist and and uh, Excavator. I make an early grist a little bit too early, I think, because I don't have enough bodies to to protect it. And he, he can overwhelm it and kill it. And a little bit later, I'm on the Excavator plan to just recor- recur Wastelands, uh, which is, of course, a strong strategy. Somehow he managed to kill it. Maybe it's a sword to plowshare or something in of that fashion. From there on, I managed to, to sort of cling back into the game thanks to Knight of the Reliquaries. And having them protected with uh, CG steps. So it's a super grindy game, and I think it takes like something along the time of 35 40 minutes. And we are quite low on clock when I managed to oh, win wow. that game. So I think I, I only need to survive At this point, the second game And I have this victory at hand But somehow we end up in this Like stalemate situation Where we both have uh, quite a lot of creatures We've traded a lot of resources And uh, I have brought in Endurances Of course, uh, which is very good Against his like graveyard-dependent Creatures, but it also Recycles some of the lands And this is uh, like maybe a, fall, like a weakness to this strategy That, that some of the land he can like fetch up again with knights and so on. So we actually, when we are at time, he actually managed to find a seduce step, which I think had been cycled before, and he, he he managed to make one creature not being able to be blocked by green creatures and attack for lethal. I think it was his final or his almost final attack phase that he had before like the match would be over. And I think I had been a little bit trigger happy on the Sylvan Library card draw in that game as well. It's a weakness that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard about this before.
1: It's in the deck to draw cards. Yeah. You did exactly what you <laughs> should have.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, we actually end up 1-1 there. Pity for me, he was he had a draw from earlier, so uh, he he had a little bit better results. Than mm-hmm. I did. And like uh, when evaluating this matchup afterwards, I actually think that I am supposed to more often endurance myself to to like recycle. Bog, which is a better graveyard hate against them. So like, crop away the Bog, endurance myself, and find the Bog. With a crop rotation, you can do it with yeah, your own priority. Right. So that kind of play I think is a little bit stronger, because that takes away the cards for good and usually in this matchup it's, it it comes down to bog superiority, like, <laughs> who can keep the other graveyard in, sure. in check. Very interesting matchup, and a little bit sad that I couldn't win it.
1: One massive thing that I noticed when I uh, looked at the game is the ursa package the biggest like mirror breaker was shadow spear it's brutal in the mirror so i thought that was just really like it's a really good tech for the mirror yeah yeah, makes it hard to raise and you know knights can get really big and really fast so that was it was it was cool to see that package i think i've seen it a bit when you know green white depths was the de facto deck to play i think they played a, a ursa package too hmm.
0: so what about your last round christopher i
1: was up against uh, a nick fit deck with the smog combo my opponent played you know the nick fit strategy did some things and then uh, you know when they knew that the coast was clear they green sun for apprentice and just smogged <laughs> and i was sitting there like yeah yeah yeah, it's it's good it's good doesn't feel great but what can you do so that was uh, that was rough because this is my tournament uh, like match i need to win this to to stay in the in contention and going into this round i think i was the lowest like lowest on the standings of all of the six point people so i knew that a draw is not like it's it's not a winning strategy either but you know these are two combo like creature combo decks Playing, it's not going to be a draw. In uh, game two, we get to actually play a bit back and forth. We have answers back and forth. And at some point, my opponent, I, I resolve an Aluren. And my opponent wants to, uh, I think I play a, some some creature, maybe a, a Harpy. And my opponent answers with an Assassin's Trophy on the Aluren. And me being the happy player that I am, says with the trophy on the stack, and then I just put an acerirac uh, on the stack. That's game two. Going into game three, we're both, you know, trying to think, how did I lose the first game that I lost? I, in game two, I actually surgicaled my opponent to see what I need to play around. And I saw a full playset of Opposition Agent, uh, which is, you know, uh, the Victor special when he played uh, nom, nom, the, nom. the fit deck, because <laughs> when you get to sack that veteran explorer and put an Opposition Agent into play before player search, it's just the worst feeling in the world. It's a fantastic feeling. So I knew that I needed to play around that. I think that I cantripped a bit in the beginning, and uh, played Strix. My opponent did something and played a Veteran Explorer. No, I didn't play a Strix. I remember I had two mana open. So in their end step, when they had, I think the green sand for a Veteran Explorer, I let everything happen. And then in their end step, I abrupt decay their Veteran Explorer to ramp myself up to four mana. And from here, I untap, play land and jam a learn. They force, I force back, and I have three cards left in my hand. It's not a card drawer. It's not a Cereac, but it's Orcish Bowmaster and Harpy. They had like, I don't know, maybe maybe they flashed in a Witherbloom apprentice or something. But I pinged them for seven and killed their apprentice and passed the turn. So I have a massive Orc army and whatever creature they play, I can just kill. Like smog is not going to work. So they die on the following turn Mm -hmm. because they can't solve this problem so uh, free to
0: result mean for my great gentleman on this here podcast? Who made top 8? Well, uh, Christopher
2: of course made top 8 because 3-2 is enough in a 16 person field right? I ended up in ninth place since uh, I had the the like <laughs> the exact score of 2 wins 2 losses and 1 draw but uh, fortunately for me uh, the 8th place finisher had to leave to attend to I don't know, something personal he had to do. So I got, like, paired up to get into the top eight on the eighth place. Fair enough. Certainly not deserving it, because I only won one game <laughs> of Magic <laughs> getting there. Oh, man,
1: <laughs> you're in the big league now. <laughs> the second league we ever had. The per- one person, I think they got a bye in the last round <laughs> and squeezed in yeah. on that and won. Yeah,
2: yeah that, <laughs> And
1: won. It. It's, it's brutal.
0: Well done! How did you do in your quarterfinals, Robin?
2: Well, so I was at eighth place, so I was uh, f- matched up against like the Swiss winner, and that was no other than the black and white Rector player that beat Christopher in, in game one because he was on stream all day long and he was just beating <laughs> player after player. Oh my god! Shoutouts here. He was. Killing everyone. Love to see it. Love to see it.
1: Yeah, big shoutouts. Unstoppable. Yeah, yeah,
2: that was awesome. So I actually was on uh, camera again. No, again, for the first time, but he was on camera again uh, after a small short hiatus because he could draw like the, the two last games, of course. Then he was the leader, of course, so he should be on camera. Trying to remember the games here. I think in one of the games, he goes game one, Cabal Therapy for Swords to Plowshare. Hitting my Swords to Plowshare. And then, as Christopher described, going all in. Not on a Rector this turn, but on a Seasoned Dungeoneer. So, like, taking the initiative. I think he was on the draw for this place, or if it was his second turn. But I have a a, a little Safekeeper in play. And I rip a Plow from the top of my deck. Well done. Kill his Seasoned Dungeoneer. Take the initiative with my little Safekeeper. And win from there. <laughs>
1: That's how we get him.
2: <laughs> and I think the other game was Wastelands, uh, Swords to Plowshares, and just big creatures. Uh, I can't remember, but it was uh, like a, a, an overwhelming fe- feeling of powerful deck, as I remember it.
0: So managed to win 2 0 against sort of the best player in the room up until that point. So, you know. Well, but you, Christopher, did you uh, keep on your winning streak? So I was up against the
1: Painter. And we've played many times and this matchup many times. Game one, it's a pretty, pretty fast game, I would say. There are, I'm trying to answer things and I'm trying to get to the right amount of mana and I'm setting up real good and then I get milled out. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. So that was, uh, I was just like, whoops, the whole library is gone. That's not a winning
0: strategy. No (laughs) emeralds.
1: Yeah, no emeralds. I think I went for the combo or something because I had to, and I think my opponent could Goblin Engineer a Painter into play and Pyroblast my Alert on the stack, mm. and I had no Force, so I was just like, okay, it happens, it's not great. So in game two, I have to mull my first two hands because I'm it I'm I've, I, I'm doing a very poor impression of Oops all spells, but I don't find any lands, so I'm just sitting there like, where did it all go wrong? But yeah, I mull to a six. And my six is pretty decent. It has two Aluren, Harpy, Bowmaster, I think Cerurac, and Lance. So I put an Aluren on the bottom, and I play something and pass. My opponent plays land, go. I draw a card, and it's Aluren. (laughs) So I'm sitting there, okay, maybe a cantrip would have been good, maybe a creature. I play a land and pass. My opponent plays Ursa Saga and Engineer. This is not great. They put Painter in the graveyard, and uh, the Ursa Saga represents the other half of the combo. Mm. So I'm uh, getting a bit stressed, but I'm thinking, okay, don't freak out about this. You just need to draw some good cards and get out of this. Take my turn, I draw a card, and it's another copy of Aluren. And I'm sitting there Mm. like, I bottomed one, kept one, and then I draw two in a row. So you have four
0: four copies of Aluren in your top... 90 cards yeah it's (laughs) that's bad it's bad
1: hey
2: it's a
0: namesake card
1: yeah i know
0: it should (laughs) be great you play a playset for a reason right yeah and i think
1: this is a situation where i just have to pass
0: but that's hard yeah i don't win
1: this one maybe it's a a spoiler (laughs) but i think i played one spell in game two sometimes the wheels really just falls off and the deck didn't want to cooperate so It happens. I was sitting there just, you know, oh, I boarded in, you know. We talked about this. Well, I talked about this after our Nationals episode where I regrettably took out Seeds of Innocence from my sideboard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But not today. Well, I didn't have Seeds of Innocence, but I respected artifacts more. So I actually had the, what's its name again? It's the free mana enchantment that makes everything expensive. For Artifacts in Upkeep, it's like Tabernacle for Artifacts. Ah, Energy Flux. Energy Flux. I had an Energy Flux in the sideboard and an OOF. I also brought in some surgicals because they're not playing Karn. So it, it felt really great, but you have to perhaps mull to five and keep a better better hand. I was thinking, I'm probably one land. Yeah, I had a Quattle, but the wrong colors. You know, it happens. I pick up my fifth to eighth place thing, and then I go to a metal show with Pseudo-Victor because we were at opposite sides of the room. More
0: than that, in the Discord.
1: Yeah, but Avenge Me, Robin...
2: Yeah, because I'm faced up against this painter player. Since the round's a little bit longer in the top eight, we also managed to run off to the local gallery and get a little bit of food, because this was six rounds, no lunch break. <laughs> and I was, like, starving at this point. You had a coffee. I had a coffee, that's true. In the morning. I had a morning coffee, so I shouldn't complain. And also, like, the host was gracious enough to give me a banana <laughs> between Ooh. two rounds. That was very nice. Maybe that's why I managed to play a little bit better in the top eight than I did in the Swiss. Hashtag bro Yes. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Biggest,
1: biggest schnitzel in town. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly.
2: All right, I'm up against Painter. If you remember from the Swedish nationals, I lost horribly to Painter, trying to sort of fight against their combo. This time around, the game plan was different as, like, my hands turned out because I managed to steal two wins, and both of them were on the back of crop rotation into a fast married So I think at least one of them were, like, land into Maya into an stage and then crop and make a Merit Lage in his end step. And it was like mulling a little bit and having a little bit of clunky hands with like Fable the Mirror Breaker and other like grindy do-nothing cards if you're up against something that's a little bit faster. So super happy about keep playing four crop rotations in this deck because in some matchups you just want to make a Merit Leech as quick as possible and attack with it. And that's what I did.
0: Cool. Well played. Redemption for you, eh?
2: Redemption for Christopher.
1: Yeah, avenged. I'm I'm satisfied.
0: After 2 to 1 in the Swiss you're now playing the finals. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing the finals. Again because we have to remember you're the reigning champion here, right?
2: Yes, so I have a chance to defend the title. Interestingly, of course, I'm up against a player which I managed to defeat in the former Championship League. The runner-up. Yeah, so the runner-up. So he has a chance to also avenge me. And we faced off before in the fifth round of the Swiss. So this is the Depths player. Mm -hmm. He's just coming from a super grindy game against Death and Texas, that was super awesome to watch because it was so swingy back and forth with uh, Magus of the Moons and Flicker Wisps and uh, Grists and Knights and sorts. Flow.
0: Yeah, I-, I watched this game on stream. It was glorious. Yeah, it was super glorious.
2: Unfortunately, I don't think I brought my A game to the finals. I played a little bit of uh, sloppy games. I think game one was fairly decent. I think I made some like a little bit too uncautious attacks with the knight that was really big and uh, when it was unprotected he could like sword sit and he had uh, like the knight superiority over my deck in the first game. As far as I can remember. In the second game, we had this moment where I had an opportunity to play a knight. I had three lands in hand, but I had recently drawn the safekeeper. And I thought if I just deploy this safekeeper, the knight will be untouchable. Like delaying the knight one turn made it possible for him to... Fetch up an extra wasteland and double waste me from this 3 mana to 1 mana situation. From there on, I had a hard time getting back on the mana and I never got up to 3 mana to deploy that night until much later. When it was a little bit too late. And unfortunately, I also missed the trigger on a flagstone activation, which would have given me an extra planes. So, sloppy play, not bringing the A game to the finals, unfortunately. He defeated me 2-0 with his Nyadept's deck. Couldn't uh, make it back-to-back, but happy with the second place.
1: The match where you got wastelanded with the whole uh, safekeeper in play i was watching it because i was getting ready for the concert and your mana that you had left was also a mox diamond which is very hard to sacrifice (laughs) with the safekeeper to you know protect things so it looked really grim when i tuned out but still coming in clutch from the ninth place getting it (laughs) to the finals is it's very nice it's it's yeah. it's
0: of course like even though you got there a bit sort of hopscotching your way through yeah. to the top eight <laughs> getting to the finals in that top eight uh, sort of echoes that you also have uh, an a game that you can bring out so i think you should be very proud of uh, making the finals here we are at least super proud of you thank you for
1: sure where, where was all of the Depths player that I wanted to play against? You were all hiding. <laughs> in the <laughs> finals. <laughs> yeah, in the finals. But, you know, you have to get there. Man, I, I'm, I feel scammed. Didn't yeah. even play against Scam. Only it's uh, Little Brother.
0: Well, congratulations again, Robin. Well played. And that is all that we have for this episode. In the coming weeks, we'll see some more magic, uh, of course, on this podcast as usual, but also a bit of an echo to what it's been previous. I'm working (laughs) super weirdly and a lot also in the coming weeks, so I will be uh, not playing myself, but of course hosting here and hope to get back into the game when we approach sort of Christmas-ish that's when cuz like every single fucking thursday is just booked up until so long it's it's weird business travel personal arrangements just like it's it's unlucky but i'm here for you guys
1: he's not working on his reanimations he's working on his uh, you know <laughs> i was trying to be clever but nothing rhymes with reanimations besides animations and that's the wrong <laughs> the wrong domain for you
0: <laughs> well Anyway, we can look forward uh, shortly to some more local heroism from you guys. Listener, do you have a vibrant local scene where you are? We've been invited through our lovely Discord to the mighty concert of Pizza Legacy in the wonderful city of Malmö. And uh, we will, of course, at some point attend this lovely event. We would also like to get similar invitations to other towns where Legacy is played in this fashionable state. So keep them coming in Discord. You can find the link in the episode description. We are also present Personally, on social media, Robin, where can our listeners talk to you about being a local hero?
2: You can find me on X. I am Jack underscore Bo,
1: and uh, you can find me at Monolith MTG. You know, hit me up with the Malme special and where to find them.
0: And you can find me at Disco Drogo if you want to get personal reviews of European airports. I am your guy, and that is the end of the one hundred seventh episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you Robinson Sien, thanks Christoph Wigström I am Victor Bernhards. Many thanks to you for listening. The great and mysterious Frenes has written the music. You can find more of their work on Spotify. Until our next episode, Be the Deadly Sinner the World Needs.